Welcome back to Tough Men of Faith. How you doing, RT? Doing good, Nick. Good. You doing all right? I'm doing great. How's your backside? <laughs> what? Your backside. What kind of question is that? Well, you know, if you don't recall this weekend, uh, we did the uh, NASCAR driver <laughs> Oh, thing. we did. Yeah. 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 spanked you all the way around the track. So. I, you know, that's not how I remember that. Really? Yeah, I remember as soon as you got on the track, I came up behind you and they're like, what was your number? 22. Driver number 22, lift off the gas and get to the left. Oh, really? So 95 can pass. <laughs> Isn't that what happened? Uh, that's not the way I recall it. Um, oh, okay. But it started that way. You passed me after that. I did, yeah. yeah. That was okay. awesome. I All recommend right. anybody, any man, any tough man, go out and do that. It was, it was more fun than I thought it was going to be. That's and good. a lot harder. I yeah, couldn't see sure. anything. Right. I have a new respect for yeah, I didn't even know if you drums. could look over the dash. I was worried about you in that car. <laughs> <laughs> I think you make fun of my beautiful eyelashes all the time. Yeah. So this is like a little bit of payback. Yeah. 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 Your backside may be hurting later. Um, <laughs> anyways. What are we doing today? Well, I was going to thank our sponsor, Workforce Chaplains. They're still sponsored. <laughs> they, they may drop. Yeah, they're probably going to drop us now. But if you're... Uh, it's a great company. They provide yep. chaplains to uh, corporate America. Yeah. And so if you need a chaplain to come in and talk to your uh, people or just kind of be a, a ministry of presence, they just walk around, check in on them, see how they're doing. It's right. just a great opportunity. So check them out, Workforce Chaplains. Yep. So, yeah, we All have right. another guest today. Are you ready? Yeah, you go ahead and introduce him. Uh, nope. <laughs> I can't pronounce his last name. So I can. Josh Asusa, right? That's correct. They got it right. All right. Nice job. All right. So we got Josh with us. I met Josh... Uh, probably about three or four weeks ago. Okay. Um, he was, he run, he's part of a nonprofit and he came by uh, just a group I was part of and was kind of explaining his nonprofit. And I was like, man, I'd like to get to know him. So yeah. got coffee and talked and I was like, hey, you ever heard of our podcast? And he's like, nope. Nope. Well, he didn't say that, but it's, it's like, <laughs> you should come on. So yeah. yeah, so welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times what we like to ask guys and they've, uh, the first time on is this. So how did Josh get to, the age you're at now from when you were born. It's like, what does your faith journey look like? And yeah. it's like key events in your life. And can you kind of take us through that? And Nick will interrupt sure. you with some sarcastic remarks at some point. Just to That's great. I love go it. Go ahead and warn you. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'll give you like a very abbreviated version. Feel free to ask questions. Okay. okay. Um, but I was originally born on the East coast. Um, my dad's an immigrant from Portugal. My mom's American. And, um, Somewhere about the age of 13, we moved to the Midwest for my dad's job. And we were kind of in and out of church. Um, we always went, but like my my parents never got to a place where they're like, we really connect to this. Yeah. If that makes sense. Not so, really like a commitment. Yeah. And yeah. Was, I mean, we literally tried everything under the sun. But uh, somewhere in high school, I kind of, you know, I, I grew up with like a very legalistic version of Christianity where like everything was a sin. And so I got to a point where I was like, well, look, if I'm going to go to hell trying, I might as well go to hell and not try so hard. So <laughs> Might as well have some fun on your way there. <laughs> that's so how was that Pentecostal church that you went to? <laughs> Actually, that's exactly what I, I knew was that. going to. I already knew that. Um, I know what the message was every Sunday. It's like, oh, get saved or you're going to hell. That's and, uh, it. Well, let's just beat it into their head. Listen, I always tell people, I was like, as a reaction to eternal security, they taught eternal insecurity. Yeah, exactly. So I was very insecure. Yeah. Um, I only make jokes because I have friends that are Pentecostal and yeah. I give them the same crap. So. It's amazing. I love <laughs> it. Um, so, yeah, somewhere I actually like went off to a Bible college and I, I was telling RT, like, even when I started Bible college, I'm pretty sure I wasn't really uh, like a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But somewhere in that freshman year, um, I didn't have a single moment where it's like, this is it. This is when I became a Christian. It was just like a progression of like things started to make more sense. Um, I started understanding my faith a little bit more and my yeah. commitment got deeper. You started living a little bit different. And yeah. Yeah, I get that. So it was a progression for me. Yeah. Um, but then graduated from Bible school, went into full-time ministry. I've been in pastoral ministry uh, before I do what I do now. I was... I was some form of a pastor, whether youth, worship, lead, whatever, for 15 years. Oh, wow. And then stepped away from that to do what I do now, which is full-time campus ministry. Um, and then currently I serve at uh, IU Indianapolis. Okay. Running a ministry there called Chi Alpha. Okay. What's that? So it's a campus ministry at IU Indy. Um, basically, the focus of that type of way of doing ministry is all discipleship focused. Okay. So... We, although we might have a weekly service, our weekly service is not our thing. Our thing is one-on-one -on -one discipleship, small group discipleship, living nice. missional lifestyles in the community together, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you, you, did you plant a church? So I helped plant you a helped church. You helped plant a church. Yeah. Okay. With the, with the youth pastor that basically he was like the closest thing I had to a relationship with God in high school was because of him. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. What was that process like? Like planning a church and taking it from scratch? And... It is hard. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard because I was bivocational for a year and a half of that okay. process. And so uh, I worked in sales uh, with FedEx. Okay. And having to work a full-time job, but then also bearing the pressure of like, if, if no people show up, I won't ever be able to do something different the, than the way I'm doing it. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, you're not growing the church just to put butts in the seats, but mm -hmm. if butts don't show up and don't pay bills, you right. don't get yeah. paid. Right. Then it's just a hobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, man, it was difficult. Mm -hmm. Like when I say hard, we had, um, we had a modular building that we used for kids ministry. Yeah. We renovated half of the modular building as an apartment for me to live in. And so like, I literally would be getting ready to hop on over to church and like the people that were getting ready to start kids church, like they'd Hold be on, pounding I'm the music. my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, were you married at this time? Yeah. Did you oh, have kids? Yeah. Uh, she was pregnant with our first. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just a crazy You experience. went all in though on church <laughs> yeah. planning, right? Like that's I really like did. sacrifice. I'm going to live in the church modular. It's part kids ministry, <laughs> yeah. part pastor parsonage. Yeah. Little, a little bit different when you're, you know, 24, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, you know, Nick gives me a hard time sometimes. I know what? joking, but you know, you have your TV preachers and everyone kind of focuses on the private jets and all that. But like the yeah. real work of ministry is, Hey, I'm going to live in half this building so we can use the other half for church. <laughs> that's and, right. It's so true, man. Yeah. 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 No private jets. Yeah. For Josh. Then it becomes a confessional. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk through the, talk through my curtain wall for me. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So what led you to, so Chi Alpha is a college ministry. Yeah. What led you to that? Like, so my best friend in college, he does the same thing at Missouri State University uh, in Springfield, Missouri. And he actually had me come and speak at a retreat for him. And he basically just challenged me. He said, listen, we're best friends. I've never asked you to do anything like this before, but I'm going to ask you to take a month of your life and fast and pray whether you should be pastoring your church or should be doing this instead. Hmm. And because he's my best friend, I was like, I'll do it. I yeah. really didn't think I was going to change. Very reluctantly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'll do it. But, um, and so I share this story with a lot of people. Like one of, one of the biggest things is like Chi Alpha 
it, it's umbrellaed with a, a fellowship. And within that missions arm of that fellowship, like you can't have a certain threshold of student debt um, because it just becomes too complicated as a missionary like to raise debt money. That you have, like that you have from Yeah, college. that's okay. strictly school loans, yeah. right? Okay. And I just knew we were above the threshold. My yep. wife went to grad school and all that stuff. So I was like, it's just not going to happen. And um, what's crazy is like within the first week or two of that journey, we had a really close individual in our life call us who didn't really know anything about our finances, but basically just said I was doing some morning devos. And the Lord told me I was supposed to write you a check. And it was not like this rounded figure. It was like something in 37 cents, you know. <laughs> and that was literally to the penny what the payoff amount was of one of our student loans oh, wow. to then knock us under the threshold. Mm -hmm. So, like, when that happened, it was like, Lord, you have my attention. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah. You can do a burning bush if you'd like, but yeah. I think I get it. Yeah, I think, I think I just so, got it, actually. Yeah. And so that's basically what it was. We announced to our church, like, we were going to step down and pursue campus ministry yeah. and and that's what we did. Yeah. And things were going well at your church, right? Is that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was nothing like the church was growing. It yeah. was thriving. Um, I, I mean, it was a little slice of heaven for me because mm -hmm. again, growing up in the home of a, of an international father, yeah, I always grew up, especially in the East coast in neighborhoods that were multi-international and the church I was pastoring, we had 20 nationalities in it. So like, wow. it was like a slice of heaven for me every yeah. Sunday to see like, you know, Spanish and Korean and ever like everyone worshiping Jesus in their language. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So now in your ministry, you spend a lot of time with college age, right? You That's people, basically all, all I do. do. Yeah. 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 How's that go? So as far as like, what does it look like? I mean, are you out, are you out recruiting, not recruiting people, but finding people or are people coming yeah. to you? I mean, no, I mean, we, we go on campus and okay. we find people, yeah. you know, and it can be awkward, you know, yeah, like, you're the awkward Bible thumper on campus, like <laughs> passing out the little Bibles and just chucking them at so people. No, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I do show up to, uh, we have there at IU Indy, what they call the cross. Hang out outside frat parties. Just no, I <laughs> Could you imagine at my age? Oh my gosh. No, yeah. but I do walk up to like the rec field. Yeah. And I'll just like join a volleyball game with a bunch of okay. students. Right. Cool. And I mean, I always get the questions. They're like, are you like the dad of one of the students here? Or whatever, yeah. you know, cause I literally am the age. Have you of ever heard of Van days. Wilder? Cause that's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm year number 17. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Uh, but no, I just walk on campus and nice. yeah, just befriend students and yeah. then invite them into a, a journey of hanging out and, yeah. you know, awesome. following Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's a dad who's sending kids to college now, one last year, one next year, one year after that. Like, I'm thankful for guys like you and your wife who are, are ministering on campus because they leave, you know, still plugged into a church, yeah. but then they head off into a, a world that's not always friendly to Christians. Yeah. Right. So all generally sudden, not friendly generally to Christians. Not, like yeah, on yeah. the college campus, right? It's just not. And then right. and it's not like a Bible college. I mean, no. this is just, you know, you're every day like not community state college school. but you know what i mean yeah, yeah state state school, school, then, right uh, yep it's just uh not exactly friendly no no, no not at all but yeah. they'll be able to find some christians that they yeah. can plug in and yeah, plug talk into with and relate and to and discipleship and yeah. yeah what i'm realizing though on campus like the more i'm there it's not that so many students are antagonistic towards christians they're antagonistic towards what they think christians are Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. They have an idea um, and a belief and that's what they want to yeah. stay away from. And we have those, like we, you know, we have, we have this one, this one person who comes to campus every year. She's like TikTok famous and, you know, she is the stereotype of, um, 
whatever you think bad evangelism is, yeah. right? And so that's like when they see that, they go, yeah, that's Christianity I want nothing to do with. Right. But the students that actually give us the time will have a conversation with us. Yeah. Most oftentimes what we're finding is like they're actually pretty open-minded to to a faith that's relational and um, what I would use is like incarnational, like we're in the campus, loving the campus, loving the people of the campus. We're not there to preach on a corner and shout that, shout out everyone's sins. Does that <laughs> yeah. make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, well, it's kind of like what I want to lead into with the rest of the discussion. If you don't mind, it's like I read this article a few weeks ago um, by a guy named Chuck Lawless. Um, okay. I actually had him as a professor in, in seminary. Okay. But he wrote it a few years back, but it talks about r reasons that young men struggle with the church, you know, the raising church, but talking about that college age. Mm. Uh, so he listed seven reasons. So I thought maybe we could just talk through some of them. That would be awesome. Yeah, I love it. Because it'd be cool to get your perspective of, of being one who's working directly with these guys yeah. um, in that age. So he said, um, basically like number one, they, they've been told what to believe, not taught why to believe it. Mm -hmm. No one's ever helped them think through their beliefs. The message they've heard instead is just believe it because we're telling you. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I mean, what and what's hard about that is uh, like most freshmen that are Christians, mm -hmm. they get on campus and then they take their first like intro to philosophy course. Yeah. And then the philosophy professor destroys everything they were told to believe in yeah. one simple argument. And when that happens, it's like, oh, my faith is wrecked. Yeah. Right. But it's because of that, like they can't defend what they believe because they don't even know how they right. don't know why they even should hold that truth if that makes sense yeah. so i i actually find that to be very true yeah and i think it like forces you into like going deeper in scripture and like learning it or push you the other way yeah i went to the school that you minister at and i signed up for a religion class mm. so i show up i remember a professor like he gets the bible out and in the first class it was clear like he doesn't believe the bible is god's word I'd never heard anybody say anything remotely yeah. close to that, how I grew up. And I remember raising my hand, like, so you don't think Jesus was actually like here on earth. I believe what's in the Bible. He's like, no, not at all. And laughed at me and the class laughed. And it's like, but he's teaching a religion class. Like he has a degree, yeah. like a doctorate in religion. Yeah. And so afterwards he pulled me aside. He's like, Hey man, I just want to tell you like religion classes isn't for you here. You need to go sign up for something else <laughs> to which I did. Yeah. And I yeah. thank him for doing that. You're yeah, yeah. ceramics. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I actually joined a, an acting class after that instead. <laughs> this is really amazing. <laughs> but it, it was that, that thought process of like, I've been told what to believe my whole life. Yeah. But I've never had to dive in and be like, why do I actually believe Christianity? Yeah, like, so for sure. That, so. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we try to do to help with that is um, early on in the discipleship process, we always confront students with the question, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Because for me, that's actually the question, yeah. if that makes sense. Yep. Because, I mean, Christianity, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, like if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then this is really all kind of a waste of time. Yeah, it's yeah. all just a big yeah. story. It is. Yeah. And so it's like that's what you have to investigate. Were the disciples willing to die for a known lie, if mm. that's the case? Yeah. You know, and I just feel like the evidence speaks to he actually rose from the dead. And if that's true, then he's someone worth listening to and following. Yeah. Do you find... So you and I would disagree on some, on some like secondary or maybe third degree issues. That's probably possible. Probably, yeah. right? Just like this knowing where you're at and where I'm at. Yeah. Um, so there was a time, especially going into college. Well, come like, on, let's open up some debate. Well, I would, I would have <laughs> debated and argued and thought the way I, even like the way I grew up, like thought you're going to hell because you believe some of these things that I don't. Sure. 
But then when you get to college, at least when I showed up, it's like, hey, man, if you believe Jesus rose from the dead and you put your faith in him and that's how salvation comes, we're going to be friends. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Do you find that the second and third kind of issues falling off more like? I would think so. Because especially here's what's inter interesting is like, you know, you're making jokes about Pentecostals. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> it's like technically our ministry is Pentecostal. Right. And which, but it doesn't go, bother Nick? me. It doesn't bother me uh. at all. But it's what's really cool. And I think we talked about this is like the bulk of the students that actually connect to us are Baptist and Catholic. Um, yeah. And I don't know that I could tell you why, maybe just because it's different and they're like, I'm just investigating, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But um, I, I feel like at the end of the day, like a lot of these secondary or tertiary like views, yeah. whatever, they just don't matter yep. as much. Yeah. Let's jump in number two. Yeah. Uh, Before I get us in some more trouble. Well, <laughs> like them Pentecostals. Well, if you saw me shaking out. over here a little bit when you're talking, making fun of Pentecostals, <laughs> I know where Josh is. <laughs> I did this the other day. I was in a sales meeting with the homeowner. And oh, my goodness. They have a false front porch. on. It's actually the back of their house, but it faces the street. And she said, why do we need this false front porch? And I was like, well, that way it looks like the front of a house from the street. And I said, then if Jehovah's Witness comes up and knocks on your door, you can just ignore them because it's the back door. And... Nobody laughed. I was like, oh, no, I did it again. And uh, she's like, oh, I just didn't hear what you said. It's okay. I was like, oh, good. Here we go. So, hold on. Okay. Question. Does this happen to you a lot? Yeah, I usually say things like out of line. Like regretting what he says? Then, yeah. Uh, All the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, this dude, he sits in the second row when I preach. And we can't have, like, a crowd mic on the live stream because we wouldn't want the, everyone else to know what he's saying during church. That's an incredible. I love yeah. it. It's not. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. <laughs> Anyway, let's go keep ahead. let's keep going. We yeah. got a few more minutes here. Uh, the second one that he mentioned: why young men raised in church still struggle. Church, they long for older mentors, but can't find them in the local church. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, you know, when I was a pastor, sometimes I did find it difficult to get older men to mm -hmm. want to take some of these younger men under their wing. Yeah. And I think some of it is like, there's a lot of immaturity that comes, you know, with being younger. Yep. And sometimes the older guys are like, do I really want to deal with all that again? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but I would say that my most effective time in campus ministry has been now in my forties yeah. because people are talking to me, not as their friend, but as a fatherly yeah. figure. And I do think there's something about this like transgenerational mm -hmm. connection that's like, can be very helpful for sure. Yeah. Well, I think what's happening now is young men are looking for that and they're finding it outside the church. Mm, yep. So that's the reason you see the rise of a Jordan Peterson, a Joe Rogan, a Andrew Tate, all these guys that everyone's flooding to them and looking at everything they put out. And, right. and some of it may be okay, right? I mean, I don't listen to a lot of it, but instead of finding those guys in the local church, like that guy who's worked in a factory for 50 years and loved his wife that entire time and raised kids who are serving in the church and who's, you know, actively involved in a deacon or serving somehow in the church, like, hey, we need to like connect that older dude with that younger guy. Yep. Instead yeah. of this guy he's watching TikTok videos of they don't ever meet that's telling him to go out and make all this money. Right. right. Like, no, I think it's really good. Well, I think that's yeah. part of the problem too is, I mean, when, when we're looking for something, we're going to find it. Um, yeah. Whether it's in the right place or not. Um, when guys are looking for a cause, yeah, like mm -hmm. we're looking, we're looking to fight a battle. Yeah, I mean it's, yeah, we we'll find something. Yeah, we're looking for something to occupy our time. Yeah, we can't be know. bored. Right. Now we're going to sit around, look at porn or get in trouble. Yeah, get in trouble. Yeah. Um, yep. So, oh. next one. Uh, oh, this is a good one. 
uh, their churches have sometimes forgotten them after their teen years. So it talks about like youth ministry can be great. Right. Right. So I taught our teens this last week, had 40 of them. It was a blast, like yeah. absolute blast. In fact, I almost fired the youth director and told him we're changing jobs. Right? <laughs> he can be the lead pastor and I'm taking the youth. Like this was a blast. And then I remember a youth director and I thought, nope, um, we don't want to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. We're not doing that every week. <laughs> but That was a one-off that you had. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't want to do it every week. But then once they graduate from high school, we spend a lot of time on couples ministry, marriage ministry. Yeah. But there's that gap. Like yeah, for sure. From 18 to 22, like where do they fit in the church? Like that's who you're dealing with, right? Yeah, exactly. And I would say that our heart, because we realize like in our campus ministry, like we only have them for a four-year season. Mm -hmm. So our heart is to keep them connected to the local church. Yeah. And I will say that from a lot of them we talk to, their local churches don't even offer anything for them at that age. Yeah. So they do feel like they're kind of wandering, like I just don't even know where to go. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. So what advice would you give to pastors or not just pastors, a church, an average size church? It's not a mega church that has, you know, you, you can have 300 college age students. Like how do right. you engage your 18 to 23, 24 year olds in the life of the church? So, I mean, what I did um, when I was first in ministry, right out of Bible college, I was a youth pastor. Mm -hmm. But I was like, hey, these people that feel like they have a hard time finding their place in the church, I was like, they're around my age. Yeah. So what if I just did something for people my age? Also, so I had something to do. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. My best friends couldn't be 14. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So uh, that's basically, I just started having weekly hangouts at my house. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, someone was like, hey, I can play guitar. Like, what if we sang some songs? And then yeah. it just became a thing. Yeah. We did yeah. a Bible study just organically yeah. Yeah, just in my keep, living room. Keep it regular and keep it natural. And that was it. Yeah, just let it, let it kind of develop on its own. Absolutely. Yeah. And we didn't have to pay a staff person. It yeah. didn't require a lot of administration. It was just a group of people hanging out, talking about Jesus doing life together. Yeah. The next one he mentions why they leave the church is that they, they sometimes come from Christian homes marked by hypocrisy. So what they see from their family on Sunday doesn't match what they see through the week. So when they have the opportunity not to go to church, I think in their minds, like, why would I go to church? Right. right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's a big part of my story. Um, you know, I, I saw that kind of stuff at home. And, and so like I had brought up earlier, it's like, if, if this is as good as it gets, yeah. you know, why am I going to try so hard? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just not try that. Yeah. Hard. So yeah. I think it is true. Yeah. The last one, um, is they don't know many strong believers in their church. Mm. So he's saying that it's not that there's not strong believers in the church. It's that they haven't met the strong believers in their church or they're not connected with them. Yeah. Or they may not know who those people are. Yeah. Because I do think sometimes we we put it in our mind like a strong if I, if I'm going to use us in the context of guys, right? Yeah. A strong guy believer is this guy that's out front taking territory. He's the William Wallace, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but it's like, there are guys I know that I respect and adore, um, in the Christian faith and they're strong believers, mm -hmm. but like the, their biggest they're platform also a little standoffish too. They got introverted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, their biggest platform is a small group of guys in a Sunday school class yeah. or whatever, but they've been dedicated. They're great husbands, great fathers. And I think, I think we have to, in the church world have to like help connect to like, Hey, it's not just the people that are up front that are that there's a lot of people not up there that are also that and yeah. like showcase that that can be a thing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's on those older men though, to go grab those younger guys. That's fair. Cause that, 
the, the younger guys, your teenagers, you know, your, your, your college age, they're probably not going up to some 40-year-old or 50-year-old or 70-year-old like, hey, man, yeah. can we hang out? Right, um, and that's not happening on campus, I can tell right? you that. <laughs> yeah, right, you're playing ultimate Frisbee or volleyball, right? You're out there and, you know, intentional on that. So yeah. I think in the church, it's like you, you see a younger guy and you go ask him, you know, can we go? We always talk about that for guys like – I mean, I've got coffee three times today with different guys, but we always say like you should probably do something because guys don't like usually just sitting around talking. Right. Um, yeah. Kind of kind of like why, why why we started the podcast in the first place. Is, yeah. I mean, just to kind of reach people in a different level. Yeah. That's you know. Yeah. Something a little bit different. Um. You know, you can listen to me talk for twenty minutes, or listen to you talk and me chime in for twenty twenty five yeah. minutes. Um. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe you can pick something up from it, and for sure. if you just pick up one thing, that's great. I mean, and I think too, like you said something and just kind of jogged my memory. We say something to our male staff where like, you know, we talked about, we do one-on-one -on -one discipleship. We tell our female staff like, Hey, sometimes sitting at coffee is a great way to do that. Yeah. Guys, sometimes guys really like to do life shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And so like when I've had guys, um, that I'm discipling, I'm like, Hey, I got to work on my car, come over. And yeah. we're talking about stuff like while I'm teaching them a valuable life skill, like how to change yeah. brake pads. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I do think that there's something to guys that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're kind of wired that way. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot more fun, like with Nick on Saturday, trying to put him into the wall in a NASCAR <laughs> than sitting around getting coffee with Nick. I right. can guarantee you that. Yeah, or when we've sure. been That's squirrel awesome. hunting, watching him try to hit a squirrel or something. Right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Shoulder to shoulder is the best way. It is. I Deep mean, sea fishing, whatever it looks like, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Deep sea fishing was good. Yeah. We should hey, do that again. We should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we have our like questions at the end, like, yeah, our, but before we jump in that, you're also a personal trainer, right? I do that on the side. On yeah. the side. All right. On the so side. Don't be asking it's for this card for gig. me. Okay. It's not my main <laughs> so, but dude, I'd love to train you if you're interested. Uh, here we go. <laughs> you're actually not far from him. Yeah. Like where he, uh, where he goes. Yeah. Anyways. So we talk a lot about fitness on this because we think yeah. discipline's important for guys. We talk all the time about discipline with, with, in every area of your life. And a lot of that starts with fitness because if you can get that, that helps everything else. Sure. Is this our second personal trainer? It is. Yeah. Huh. I haven't reached out to the other one either. No. Um, <laughs> so guy comes to you, 35 years old, never works out, out of shape, eats pizza, drinks beer every night. Okay. What's your recommendation to him? Like overall, like fitness? Um, my recommendation right away is we have to find something we know he will actually do. Wow. To help make steps, I think. What are you looking at me for? I think I'm not looking at you. I wasn't sure if he was talking about you in that illustration. <laughs> no, I wasn't. But Nick's then I 36. didn't think so. He said, "I was going to say he said 30 something." Oh I was yeah, like, there, there we go. Right? He's 36. <laughs> Great, thanks. Um, so, like, I think where we get into trouble is sometimes we'll tell guys like, oh, "Are you going to be in the gym four times a week?" And it's yeah. like they've never been in the gym before. It's overwhelming. Yeah. So what I mean is like, take a small step. What's something you know you'll stay disciplined with? Mm -hmm. Let's start there and start to build the habits okay. until they take on the identity of a lifter. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Because when you're like, I'm a lifter, then you're yeah. in the gym. Yeah. But until you think you have like your that, water jug and your tank top. <laughs> Dude, listen, it, all of it, yeah. all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. What about nutrition? What do you tell them? Uh, I basically put them on a macronutrient plan that's okay. suitable for whatever their goals are. Yeah. So I don't know if that language makes sense, but yeah, you know, fats, carbs, yep. protein. So yeah. So if if guys want to get a hold of you for either, uh, to, get more information about your ministry, how they could get behind you, um, or questions about personal training. Like how can they connect with you? So I'm on Instagram, Joshua okay. J. Sousa. Um, on how do you spell your last yeah, name? Good luck spelling that. S O U S A. <laughs> All right. Joshua J. Sousa. Sousa. Yeah. Um, that's the best way Okay, Instagram. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I just found out you can uh, send messages on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Called a, DMs. DMs. I, <laughs> look at Blake. He looks so disappointed. Right. So it's actually a friend of Nick and I's and he sends me reels. Yeah. But they're awesome. 
Uh, well, yeah, they are. I see him on YouTube. Okay. But he's been sending me on Instagram. He goes, man, why don't you look at the stuff? And I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't never get on. So he gets on my phone, finds Instagram. I didn't know I had it. And he goes to my messages. So Nick now sent you thousands and so that's what that you've is. never replied to. <laughs> it's friends that sent me reels. And he'd sent me a bunch. He wanted me to see them. So, yeah. So, Instagram. All right. We ready for these questions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I ready. So. I'm excited. I, Nick, do you remember? I'm kind of okay. them. All right. Here um, we go. Which Bible character would you like to meet? Uh, not Jesus. Um, Bible character I'd like to meet outside of Jesus. Yep. Uh, probably Peter. Okay. Why is that? Peter just seems like a guy, like, here's the thing. I like a guy I don't have to motivate, but I have to rein in. Oh, yeah. And Peter's the kind of guy that, like, he had to be reined we in. We are going to be friends. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Get back in the boat, Peter. Like, That's like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. Out. Yep. All right. Next question. Um, favorite book? Not the Bible, obviously. Uh, man, it's hard. I love to read. I read a book recently that I thought was really good. It's called okay. Jesus and the Undoing of Adam by C. Baxter Kruger. Okay. Really, I recommend it. All right. Yeah. What's the next one? Uh, who would play you in a movie? Who should or who would I want who to? Who would you want to play you? There we go. Uh, if I'm going with the look that I have, which is like bald, with just a little bit of scruff, probably Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that resemblance. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I've never been told I look like anybody. That's the thing. I don't like, yeah. no one's like, oh, you look like so-and-so. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Is that all the questions? I think there's one more I can't remember. Like, do you remember the other questions? Okay, man, he's done with us. <laughs> yeah, he's over it. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Guys. Yeah, it's yeah. been great to talk with you about young guys and things. And, yeah. Um, connect with Josh on Instagram. And Josh Salsa. Salsa. Sousa. Sousa. Salsa. There's no L in there. Yeah, well, you know, you can make a OU and thanks do We got to wrap this up. Okay, thanks sorry. to Workforce Chaplains for sponsoring this episode. Yeah. Um, make sure to, I'm getting it, subscribe on YouTube. I got it. Nice. Blake's giving me a thumbs up. All Subscribe right. on YouTube. We Watch you it there. Notes. Share it. Yeah, well, I should have notes. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah, thanks out. for joining us. Anything else? That's it. All right. See you guys.